And to Jesus be the glory and the honor and the praise. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. I'm glad you're with me today as I finish the teaching on our position in the Lord, our life in the Lord, our victory in the Lord. And today we're going to talk about our victory in the Lord. Very powerful, very needed. It's a word you and I need to understand and live. So thank you again for joining me. Thank you for being my wonderful family and partners. And Lord, we come today in Jesus' wonderful name, and we call on you, Lord. We call on you to speak to us through your word today, to bless our life through your word today, to strengthen us in the faith through your holy word today, in your precious and wonderful name, Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. Life is full of battles. Life is full of challenges, but we can overcome every one of them. Truly, we can overcome every one of them if we simply do one thing, rest in the Lord. Let him fight our battles. But how does that happen? How does it happen? I was facing a tremendous battle years ago. The news media was about to do a story on me. The staff was nervous. The only one who wasn't was me. Why? Because, you see, I was in the presence of the Lord that day when the broadcast was to happen, and I just gave it to the Lord. I said, Lord, you called me, and because you called me, there's nothing that anyone can do against me. And the peace of God that flooded my soul was so amazing, so heavenly. And then, you know, nothing really happened. And the staff came back and said, well, there was really nothing, wasn't it? I said, listen, when you give it to God, he takes care of it. The problem is we always want to fight our own battles. We want to do something ourselves. No. We have to find that place of quiet rest in the Lord. In quietness and confidence will be your strength. And from that place of rest, victory is what will happen in our life every single day. So in Hebrews, and I shared this with you already, but I think we need to look at it one more time, Hebrews 4, verse 1, right through verse 3. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Well, people miss it sometimes because they interfere. They want to do it themselves. They want to fight themselves. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, meaning the Jewish people. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed, this is the key, you have to live a life of faith. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So God has a place of rest for his people. And all we have to do is find it. 
So it says in verse 10 of that same chapter 4 of Hebrews, for he that is entered into rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into rest, or be diligent. The word labor means be diligent. So we, we, we don't miss it, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So the problem is unbelief. When we find our rest in the Lord, in the presence of the Lord daily, daily, in the presence of the Lord, we find that rest. And from that place of rest, we walk. From that place of rest, we fight and win. We oppose the enemy and win. We stand against the enemy and win. And you know, the book of Ephesians is an amazing book. And verse 1 begins, and you go right through verse uh, the entire chapter 1, 2, and 3. And the whole message is about our position in Jesus, seated in heavenly places, having received the promises. Beautiful. And then verse 4 and 5 talks about our life in Jesus. And then chapter 6 talks about our victory in the Lord. So it's important now we focus on how does our victory begin? Well, again, it begins from that place of rest. Remember yesterday I was talking about Philippians 2, 12 and 13, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, but it is God who worketh in you to will and to do his pleasure, meaning that we are in that place where we are seated in the Lord, resting in the Lord from that position we're living the life God wants us to live. And now it says, you work it out before men, how you're seated in heavenly places, resting in the Lord, he is working that work in you, and you're walking it among men. So beautiful. So now, when it comes to victory, so let's look at Ephesians chapter six, beginning at verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or schemes of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In this most remarkable portion in the Bible, Paul the Apostle tells us something really important. He says, finally, now that you are seated, 
now that you are resting in the Lord and living the life as you ought to live, be strong in the Lord. Notice the words, in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Let his strength live in and through you. In the power of his might. It's not our might. It's not our power. It's his power, meaning we have to watch, surrender. And I'm going to say it one more time. The headline in the Christian life is not try. It's not try harder. It's yield your members. Surrender your body. Give the Lord everything. Let him live his life in you and through you. And from that place of surrender, we live. And from that place of surrender, we defend what God has given us. And so it says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles or schemes of the enemy. So the Christian experience begins again from that sitting position, resting position, which leads to that walking life in Jesus, and finally, standing. Now, standing here means defend, hold your ground. Don't let the enemy take any territory that you already have in Jesus. Quite simple. So we rest in what Jesus has done. Now we walk in him as one. And now we stand in the victory he has won. I'm going to say it again. So we, we rest in what he has done. We walk with him as one. And we stand in the victory he has won. I just gave you the secret of victory in the Christian life. Isn't that powerful? That we sit and we literally rest in what he has done for us. And now we walk with him as one. And now we also stand in the victory he has won. So what does it mean? It means to hold your ground. So God does not ask us to invade new territory because it's already done. It's already under our control. So we don't have to march on new grounds. We simply stand and hold on to what God has given us. Hold your ground. Don't let the devil in. So the ground is yours. The enemy wants to take it from you, you know. He wants to bring you back to the old life. He wants to pull you away from the peace of God you're in, from the rest you're in, by tempting you to come back to the old life. No. The rest comes in when the word of God is in us. Great peace have they that love thy law. Nothing will offend them. In Matthew 12, it talks about how demons look for vacancy. What are they looking for? Are they looking for the gifts of the Spirit? No, because that will not keep demons out, because many people are gifted and are still demon-possessed. One of them was Saul. Remember King Saul, who was gifted and had a devil? Or Balaam? So, or Judas? <laughs> so the gifts of the Spirit, signs and wonders, do not keep demons out. The only thing that will keep devils out God's word, only the word of God, nothing else. 
great peace have they that love thy law, thy law. Nothing will offend them. When the word of God is in you, there will be no power to sin. There will be no power to fail. In Psalm 119, look at that with me. Because really, it's all about the word of God. When the word of God is in your life and my life, there will be no defeat. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against you, Lord. So Psalm 119 verse 1, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. So here are people walking in the word, established in the word. Blessed are they that keep his testimony. So what happens to these people is, now prayer is born that seek him with the whole heart. And then it says in verse 3, they also do no iniquity. They do no iniquity means they're not living in sin. Sin and the part of sin is broken in, in their life because the word is in their heart. And it says they walk in his ways because that's what the word produces. The word of God produces rest, peace that passeth all understanding. It's through the word of God we defeat the enemy. But that word has got to be in each one of us. If that word is not in us, we cannot defeat the enemy. No. It says in Psalm 17, verse 4, Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, by your word, Lord, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. By the word of your lips, Lord, by what you said in your word, I've kept myself from the path of Satan the destroyer. So only God's word gives us peace. I've said this many times. I'm going to say it again in case you've never heard it. Jesus did not fight Satan with experience. He fought Satan with, thus saith the Lord. It is written. It is written. Now think about this with me, okay? The Lord is in the river Jordan, baptized in the Jordan River. The heavens open. The Holy Spirit comes as a dove. God speaks, this is my son, in whom I'm well pleased. Now, a few days later, the enemy is tempting the Lord, and he said, if you are the son of God, turn these rocks into bread. Now, Jesus could have said, wait a minute, didn't you hear God say I'm his son? Surely the devil heard that voice too. The, the angels did, the demons did. And Jesus could have said, didn't you hear God say, I'm, I'm his son? He never said that. Why? Because the Lord knew you cannot fight Satan with experience. Not even with an experience from heaven. You fight with us, saith the Lord. He said, it is written. Never once did he say, you know, didn't you hear God say, I'm, I'm his son? Never. Now, here's something even amazing to me. Everyone might think about it. Satan accepted the authority of the word of God. When Jesus said, it is written, the devil never argued with that. If Satan accepts the authority of the word of God, shame on any preacher who doesn't accept the authority of the word of God, and shame on any Christian who doesn't accept the authority of God's word. If the devil accepts the authority of God's word, think about what I'm saying. If the devil accepts the authority of God's word, should we not accept the authority of God's word? Of course. Yet there are people today in the church who are questioning the Bible. Shame on them. So when we accept 
the authority of the word, and that word is in us, and we are in it, there's peace and rest. Saints, I want to tell you very openly right now. One prayer I pray now more than any other prayer in my life. Lord, establish me in your word and establish your word in me. I want that more than my own life. I want to be established in the word and the word in me. That's why today I don't watch TV. You can't watch TV in my place if you even come to it. Why? Because I have no cable, no direct TV, no nothing. I'm in the word. You say, why? I have never had such peace in my life since I began to do this five years ago. I began studying Hebrew at Hebrew University for one reason. I wanted to know the Bible like I've never known the Bible. And as I began reading the Bible, what I began finding out is the peace in my life, the tranquility in my soul, the rest I have found in the Lord. You know that I thought I had, but not like this, not like today. And now I can tell you, find that place. I plead with you, find that place of rest in the Lord. And you won't if you neglect the scriptures. You won't if you neglect the Bible and time with God every single day with him. Every single day. As you read the word and that blessed fellowship begins to flow out of your being. And that beautiful worship begins out of your heart. Then you feel like you've, you've, you've conquered, you know. No, no, no one can shake that peace out of you. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Allow it. Let it. You're the one who will do it if you get into, the, into God's word. And when you do, you'll see what I'm talking about. From that place of rest, Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, you can live the Christian life, Ephesians 4 and 5, and you can stand against the enemy and hold your ground. Don't let him regain any territory that is now yours. And so it says what? And let's go back now to, to Ephesians. And I'm telling you, that is the only way you're going to find that victory and peace in the Lord if we do what the Bible says. Take unto you the whole armor of God, verse 13, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand. Hold your ground. That's what that word stand means. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Now loins... The Bible you know, speaks about the loins of your mind or the belt of your mind. In ancient days, it meant your belt around your waist. So you, you, you literally wrap the word of God around your mind. That's how you start. That's what I had to do. And then the breastplate of righteousness, as a result of the word in your mind, it will get in your heart and become a breastplate of righteousness in your spirit, in your soul, around your heart, in your life. But you're not going to be able to see that without the word entering first your mind. Clean in the wick, you know, the wick on a, on a candle. You clean that wick. The mind becomes clean, restored to the Lord. Now your thoughts are holy thoughts, righteous thoughts, godly thoughts, heavenly thoughts. And now through meditation on the word of God, and meditation is not mental meditation. It's where the spirit, your, holy, your spirit, because the, the Holy Spirit is, is, is completely in your spirit, man, you begin to meditate upon the Word of God in your spirit, man. And meditation is like, you know, chewing the cud, you know. You, you, 
you keep over going over and over what you read in the Bible. You go over it, over and over. And next thing you know, all the nutrients come in your spirit, man. And now growth comes and change comes in your heart. And now peace begins to, to, to show up so powerfully in, you, in, in your being. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, your feet shod means your walk now is affected by the word of God, the way you live. So the word of God affecting your mind, then affects your heart, then affects your walk. And then it says, above all, take in the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And now God's word unleashes faith in you. The faith of God comes out of your being. You begin living in the invisible, living in the spirit. Remember, Moses stood at the Red Sea. Behind them, the army of Egypt. He didn't see the Red Sea or Egypt. He saw the Lord. He was living in faith. You know, imagine, uh, you know, like what can a piece of wood do to split a whole ocean? It doesn't make sense in the natural. Israel saw the sea and saw the Egyptians and cried out, oh, we're going to die. Egypt said, hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you. Why? He saw God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. So David did not see the valley. He saw the Lord. The difference is living in the spirit. When you live in the spirit, you will not see the Red Sea or the Egyptians. You'll see God. When you live in the spirit, you'll not see that horrible valley of death. Terrifying place. You'll see the Lord. Peace, peace. So God's word fills your mind. God's word fills your heart. God's word, God's word fills your walk. God's word now takes hold of what? Your faith. It's not a, something you have to really convince yourself now. It's all there. And take the helmet of salvation. Wow. What is the helmet of salvation saying, I'm saved, I'm saved? No, no, it's the preaching of the gospel. It's declaring your faith to the world in Jesus. And the preaching of the gospel now becomes an amazing offensive weapon against the devil. And you hold your ground as you are now declaring who Jesus is in your life. And now it says, and the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. Now God's word is in you. You can use it like the Lord did against the devil. It is written. And you'll see he'll flee like a coward. You cannot resist the flesh. You only crucify the flesh, but you can resist the devil and he'll flee from you. No one in the Bible does it say resist the flesh. It says crucify it. But you can't crucify it without the Bible in you. It's impossible. Only the word of God brings submission to that flesh. And you can resist the devil and all his hosts with the word of God. Think about the part of God's word. Where the devil is resisted by the word and flees. Resist him, he'll flee with the word. And then it says praying always with all prayer. And you see how the word is all over. It's in your mind, it's in your heart, it's in your walk, it's in your faith, it's in your, in your preaching, it's in your confession when you declare it against the devil himself. And now it says praying with all prayer. Why? Because the prayer is born, that kind of prayer is born by the word in you. Psalm 119, verse 1, 2, and 3. The word of God produces prayer, fellowship. And now it says praying with all prayer. Well, prayer is more than one thing. Prayer is confession and supplication and adoration and intercession. Prayer is more, more than just making requests. And you pray in the Spirit now. It's no longer you praying. It's the Holy Spirit quickening you to pray. 
with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now this is incredible. So now, our, our job is Jesus gained the victory, we maintain the victory. So simple. And we are more than conquerors through him, Romans 8, 37 says. But you cannot be a conqueror till the flesh is dead. People always ignore one verse in Romans 8 that nobody seems to pay attention to. So everybody likes to say, we are more than conquerors and all these things were more than conquerors. But look what it says in verse 36. You know, the thing that I think has done us a lot of harm is when, the, when one of the Archbishop of Canterbury divided the Bible into chapters and verses later by a Frenchman, so people now focus on the text, not the context of the Bible. But when you look at the context of the Bible, you have to look at the whole thing. Verse 36, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We're accounted as chief of the slaughter. Now we are more than conquerors because we're dead. When you die to the flesh, you become a conqueror. So it says in, in uh, you know, verse 35, who shall sub separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress, persecution or famine, nakedness, peril or sword? Well, those things can't affect you if you're dead. To the flesh, I mean. Because that's verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. All right, we're more than conquerors, but don't miss the middle verse, right? Be between 35 and 37 is 36. It says, we are killed all day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter, like a sheep for the slaughter. Meaning dead to self. And dead to self. And dead to the world. And dead to the flesh gives us rest in the Lord. Peace in the Lord. Because we're not being troubled by the world. And then we see conquering victory in our lives every single day from that place of rest in Christ. Lord, come on, let's believe. Bring them there. Bring every one of us to that place of rest, that place of life, that place of victory in you. Now, Lord, let your word dwell richly in each one. Your word declares that the word of Christ dwell richly within you. I pray, Lord, put a new hunger in each one for your word, for your word. In Jesus' holy name, they will do no iniquity because they love your law and they love your testimonies. We give you the praise and meet every need, Lord. Answer every prayer, whether it be spiritual, emotional, physical need, financial need, Lord, you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. And your God Almighty and Lord, today we'll, we, we will not limit you to a cupful when the ocean belongs to us. We give you the praise. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. I pray this has blessed you today. It sure has blessed me because I love God's word. Overcomers. Hallelujah. All right. Now it's time to give to the Lord's work so God can bless you and bless your finances and bless your family and bless your children and bless your future and bless the work of your hands. Blessings untold will flow to you and through you in Jesus' name. No more debt, no more lack, 
No more living from paycheck to paycheck. Living with abundance in Jesus' name. Lord, grant that also in their life. As they sow that seed today in faith, they will see your remarkable miracles of faith financially in Jesus' holy name. God's people said, Amen. This is the time to give more than ever because this is where now we have to really prove our love for the Lord and secure our tomorrow because the world is in trouble and getting in deeper trouble and the days are dark and getting a lot darker and scared for the world, but not for us because we know the future. All is well. That's what the Trinomite woman said to Elisha when her son was dead. All is well. Because of faith, that son rose from the dead. And your faith will keep you, I promise you. No, no, no. We're not seeing the righteous forsaken or the seed begging for bread. There's no lack for your tomorrow. If we do what is right today in the sight of God. So we sow seed in faith, in expectation, in joy, in fact, with rejoicing. Because God has promised and his promises are yea and amen in Jesus. So you can sow on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benhin.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. And don't forget to get my book, Mysteries of the Anointing. Everything I've learned about the anointing in 48 years and more is in this book. And I'm telling you, people are not able to stop reading it. It's already a bestseller on Amazon. And everybody's saying, I just can't put it down. I can't stop reading it. Yeah, neither will you. You're going to love it. Mysteries of the Anointing. Everywhere books are sold. Love you tomorrow. A very beautiful program and a very powerful one. I'll see you then. Much love.